This is Norm Holy for WFHB, and today we are going to be speaking with Regina Asmus. She is the executive director of the Whalen Dolphin Conservation Group. They're located in Massachusetts. So what's going on with the right whale? So right whales are being impacted by a number of different threats, all of which are human-caused. So we we started off their depletion with whaling and then have added a number of different insults to their ability to recover over the years. And one of the biggest threats that they're now facing are entanglements in fishing gear. And so they, they do live very close to shore. Most of them are seen within 30 miles of the coast. They live pretty much only between Florida and the Gulf of St. Lawrence and Canada, eastern Canada relatively close to shore in places that have high uses for fixed, what we call fixed-gear fisheries, like lobster fishing, crab fishing, hagfish, things that are gillnets that are set out and left to fish, and then you retrieve them later. And also, these are places that have pretty intense shipping traffic for coming into the shipping port, so entanglements and, and ship strikes continue to be their biggest primary threats. But certainly, we're seeing habitats changing and shifting because of a changing climate, Food sources are shifting, so they're going into probably places that we hadn't considered previously where they're increasing their threats or their exposure to threats. So pretty much we, we are the reason that they're not recovering. What are the fishermen doing to mitigate the numbers that are lost each year? So I think it's really important to clarify the fact that this is, this is incidental to fishing. It's what we call bycatch. It's not intentional. And the fishermen are not fishing illegally. They're using the habitat in a legal manner. Their fishing gear is operating legally, and there's been a number of different attempts over the years to try and modify fishing gear or uh, fishing practices to try and reduce the threat. None of them have been really effective enough to stop the entanglements in right whales. And so I just want to clarify up front that this isn't something that isn't, is being done with any intent by the fishing community. And certainly... I think that it's really not up to the, the fishing community at this point so much as it is up to the managers. So the National Marine Fisheries Service in the U.S. is the agency that, that works to protect right whales, and they work with the fishing community to try and figure out new regulatory measures that will, will reduce risk. In Canada, the counterpart is the Department of Fisheries and Oceans. So they, what they need to do is that they need to figure out what the changes need to be, and then they need to make a regulatory change to enable the fishermen to continue to fish legally, but in a way that reduces risk. So I think it really is up to the the governments of Canada and the U.S. to step up and and make those changes. How many right whales died last year from entanglements in fishing gear? The carcasses that were examined last year, it looked like there were a couple definitely from entanglement. A handful that were examined were from vessel strikes as well. So what the U.S. government has said is that you can't even kill one per year from a human cause, whether it's entanglement or bycatch, without impacting the recovery of the species. By that standard, that you can't even kill one a year without impacting their recovery, to have lost 17 last year, of those examined, most were either entanglements or vessel strikes is, is a pretty daunting um, concept to try and absorb. Yes. Ship strikes, would you describe that threat? So right whales uh, live very close to the coast and they spend a lot of time at or near the surface and 
uh, for large ships near the surface could be within the first 50 feet of the water column, depending on the amount of ship that's underwater. They don't get out of the way of ships, and they don't get out of the way of smaller vessels either. Nobody really knows all the reasons why. Again, it's a very complicated factor with that as well. Uh, for really large ships, there's something called the Lloyd Mirror Effect, where the engine of the ship is so far behind the ship, basically, that it's really quiet in front of the ship, so they probably couldn't hear it until it passed by them anyway, at which point it's too late to get out of the way. That for smaller vessels, even, there are issues with um, getting struck by them. They may become habituated to sound, or it may be whatever they're doing is so incredibly important that they're willing to take that risk. So finding mates in a social group or finding food may be so much more important to them at that time than trying to avoid what they perceive as a threat, even if they're perceiving it. So vessel strikes are a really significant and have been historically a significant issue for right whales. What happened in, I believe it was 2008, and then it was set permanently in 2013, is that the U.S. put in a ship strike speed rule, and that required vessels that were over 20 meters, so if you're over 65 feet, within 20 miles of a port entrance seasonally along the east coast of the U.S. to slow down to 10 knots and during different right whale habitat seasons. Just that slowing those ships down in those places where right whales were being found seasonally reduced the risk of vessel strikes in the U.S. waters to right whales by about 80 to 90 percent. It was a hugely impactful regulatory measure that was put in place. How is the habitat for right whales holding up? It's certainly an ongoing issue of concern. They, the Gulf of Maine, which is the waters off New England from you know, Nova Scotia down through Cape Cod, was historically an incredibly important habitat for them. It is warming faster than the rest of the North Atlantic. That's very much impacting their food supply, which is a small little microscopic organism called the copepod. It's a tiny little um, zooplankton. And they like really cold water. And so we're not we're seeing shifts in their in their prey base here in the Gulf of Maine. So if they're not finding great food here, they have to go find it somewhere else. That might be I mean that's certainly one theory as to why they're kinda of going up into the Gulf of Saint Lawrence and Canada and to more northern waters in the summertime. No one has shown up really in the calving area this year. There have only been uh, two right whales that have been sighted in the calving area. This is the height of the calving season and not one calf has been sighted and no whales have really shown up except for those two in what we historically have considered the calving habitat. So what we're seeing right now is a complete shift in habitat use, and we don't know where most of the right whales are, the remaining right whales. And so that presents a challenge also for trying to protect them if you don't know where they are. So there used to be about 100 right whales in the Bay of Fundy during the summer. Are they still there? No, so a lot of effort went into moving shipping lanes, setting up areas to be avoided, kind of changing some fishing seasons based on right whales using the Bay of Fundy habitat. And, and um, it's not that there aren't any that go up there. They are. But again, the, since about 2010, the, the sightings really have kind of shifted, and there's been a, a significant decline in sightings of right whales within the Bay of Fundy as well. I'd like to thank you for the interview. It was really going to be enlightening for our listeners. I wish you all the best in terms of managing the right whales in the future. Thank you so much, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about them. The more people that know, the better, the better off hopefully they're going to be.